about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential, derived from our maker. That is liberty, and liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Thanks for joining us here today on the Steve Day Show here on Westwood One. Powered by CRTV. Todd and Aaron are here as well. We'd love it if you joined us too. Let us know what you think about what we think. In fact, tomorrow is uh, your day to do that. It's Feedback Friday tomorrow. So if you want to have your responses responded to, steve at stevedace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. And we did just finish the Steve Dace Show television version for CRTV. Let's give the audience a preview of what is to come. And uh, Aaron, I'll start with you. I had a lot of discussion about um, the discussion that's, uh, again, sadly, uh, going on in our country right now about guns. And we tried to have a discussion as well about uh, evil uh, and the human heart. But unfortunately, for most of um, the smart set, the talking heads, the media, that's not a discussion that, that they want to have. So in light of that, how do we address this issue? How do we come up with answers? We, we tried to do that today on the show for some of the tough questions surrounding what went down yesterday in Florida, and I, I pray we did so in, um, in a constructive way. Yeah. I mean, all of us here believe in uh, the Second Amendment. Uh, Aaron is an active gun enthusiast. I've got a concealed carry permit, for example, as does my wife. Um, so... We went, despite that, or maybe because of that, we are going, we went out of our way today on the TV show, even with our passion and conviction, to try and have this as constructive of a conversation as we possibly could. And we look forward to getting your feedback uh, from you in the audience who subscribe to CRTV to let us know what you think of that conversation. Todd, what about you? There's a gal in Illinois. Illinois. I'm not sure she's real yet. Had her on her show. I'm not sure she's just di- digitally mastered or something. Her name's Jeannie Ives. Uh, she's running to be your Republican governor in Illinois against a sitting Republican governor. Made a fantastic commercial. Again, I'm not sure she's real, but if she is, it's a miracle. And B, secondly, what are you doing uh, after the 2018 election? Uh, any possibility of running in 2020 for president? Because it's the real steal, it appears. Well, if you want to watch today's show on CRTV, CRTV.com, promo code DACE. If you're not yet a subscriber, that's how you can get a discounted subscription to CRTV. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. And when you use that promo code and subscribe, you won't just get our show, but you're going to get access to every single show we have, including Phil Robertson from Duck Dynasty, the great one Mark Levin, and more. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. And yes... We do have monthly subscription options uh, available, too, so make sure you check that out. So, gentlemen, I want to continue the Theology Thursday conversation we had last week, because it is a Theology Thursday. And, And last week we talked about truth versus narrative and how one of the key things those of us who represented Judeo-Christian worldview 
we have to push back against in our day and age is to not succumb to narrative crafting, but to stay with the truth. Let the truth be its own reward, not fall for the tribalism. I want to continue that conversation today with a practical exercise. We are living in an era of hashtag me too. And because of how much identity because of how much identity politics plays a role in just how we even relate to one another in this sphere in these days, you always feel like you have to put disclaimers out there, right? Like I'm the father of two daughters. Todd's the father of four daughters. Todd and Aaron, Todd and I each have wives. Aaron would like to have one someday. Okay? Would like to be able to say he's the father of daughters. Because apparently, you know, we've gone from that gives us a perspective that helps us to appreciate what's at stake here to I need to reset this so I have permission to address man's inhumanity to man. You know what I'm trying yes, to say? Yes, I do. I mean, it's just, you know, and so uh, I, 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 dis, I detest that, but it is what it is. It's, it's, it, I detest toll roads, too. But if I want to drive down that, that one stretch of I-80 between here and Michigan, I have to pay the toll. And so while I detest even entertaining identity politics on even this rudimentary level, the reality is this is the toll we pay to even be granted an audience all too often to address these sorts of issues. I want to make it very clear Again, as we have when we've had this conversation since the Harvey Weinstein saga broke the dam. We want justice for women that have been dealt with unjustly. We want righteousness to roll on like or justice to roll on like a river, righteousness like a mighty stream. Amen. We're all yes. But we don't want to just assume because someone is accused of something and they happen to have a penis, that means they're guilty at the exact same time. And while I I don't know yet that we can clearly say someone that has been caught up, and maybe I'm wrong if I have, if I have, my memory's not, you know, what it used to be, even though it's still pretty prodigious, but I, if I have forgotten, gentlemen, correct me, is there somebody that we know for a fact, not that we think or we suspect or hope or we think the case is a little weak, is there somebody we can sit here and say for a fact that has been done wrong by hashtag me too, that, they've been, that we know for a fact they have been unfairly condemned and criticized and unjustly accused? Do we know that yet? They've been Duke lacrosse, essentially. Do we know that yet? Mm. I, I know I recall people fighting back against it in what seemed like a reasonable way. I can't think of a specific one off the top of my head that's been proven outright. Well, we had Jeremy point. Piven. The actor, yeah, he's he, took lie, he took of. lie detector tests Correct. and things of that nature. Okay, I never followed through on. Where yeah, I don't that know. Ended. I don't know where that ended. Right. And maybe it's because, and it could simply be he gave an, a credible enough defense that the story maybe just went away. I don't. I don't know. Okay, so there's one. Um, I know there will be people in our audience that will say the yearbook's a fraud. So, 
what about Roy Moore? That's why I put the caveat of a clear agreed upon. Got this wrong. Yes. That we could that we would that that if they ask me, Steve, we want you to come on MSNBC or CNN tomorrow and defend that this guy was wrongfully accused. Would I be willing to put my credibility on the line for it? Maybe that's the standard we're looking for here. Okay. That's yeah. All right. Is there someone you can think of yet that you would think if I asked you guys, hey, should I do this hit? You'd be like, yeah, go do it. He got he got, he. What, what happened to him wasn't fair. Can you think of anybody? In the spotlight By the way, this mean off, we think no. everybody that's been accused right. is guilty. Right. Okay. Not off the top, but not yeah. for sure beyond a shadow, reasonable shadow of a doubt. Uh, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Okay. So, with that being said, invariably, and maybe Jeremy Piven is that test case, just hasn't been fully adjudicated yet, invariably, someone is going to fight back all the way for the sake of their reputation and not just write a $20 million check like Bill O'Reilly did and then expect us to believe he's innocent later on. I had hoped Roy Moore would be that person, but I've yet to see him follow through on going after uh, the Washington Post for its original report. I read this story a few days ago over at The Blaze and it got me thinking about this question. And I think that we need to have this this I think and Steve, why do we why are we talking about this on Theology Thursday? Because I I really think this is a theological question and not a philosophical one. Here's the story. A Utah state senator was forced to hide in his hotel room after a persistent young woman appeared at the door insisting she was his quote date. Republican State Senator Evan Vickers told media he was preparing to leave his room at the Little America on Thursday night when the woman appeared. I opened the door and there was a young lady standing there and she said, hi. And I said, hi, who are you? And she said, I'm your date. I said, no, you're not. She said, yes, I'm your date. The woman refused to leave and kept repeating that she was Vickers' date. She was standing in front of me and or she was standing in front of the elevator and I said, I don't know who you are and what you're doing here. And she said, no, you don't understand. I'm your date. I said, no, I'm not. And walked back into the room. Vickers returned to the room, locked the door, and asked a legislative colleague to escort him out of the hotel. The woman left, and he was left wondering what she was trying to accomplish. Hotel security is reviewing security footage, and police are also investigating. Utah Senate leaders quickly spread the word to other lawmakers, saying someone may be trying to entrap them. In light of the hashtag MeToo movement and other recent developments, lawmakers are concerned. I'm shocked, said Utah State Senate Minority Leader Gene Davis, who's a Democrat. State Senate President Wayne Niederhauser said the incident was reported to both Salt Lake City Police and the Utah Highway Patrol, which provides security to, state, to the state capitol. When people can make money like this, it attracts malintent, Niederhauser said. He was referring to a British tabloid report last week that described how an escort named Bree Taylor claimed that State Representative John Stenard tried to have sex with her. 
That led to questions about whether Taylor was paid for her story. Stenard quit the Utah State Legislature earlier this week, citing personal and family issues, according to the report. Instant reaction to this story, Todd, go. Totally believable. Uh, this is, uh, listen, we going back all the way uh, in Iowa here to a little uh, case called, uh, what, Varnum versus Bream that made uh, gay marriage, air quotes, uh, legal. Uh, people like this have court shopped. Uh, we know regarding people like uh, Kim Davis and various cake bakers and florists. They are targeted. Uh, this is the world we live in. Uh, the Reverend Billy Graham used to have the Billy Graham rule about never being in a, lo- uh, in a room alone with a woman who isn't your wife. Mm-hmm. We need, as conservative Christians, or that actually, no, put that label aside. Whoever the leftists hate, that usually includes those people, but they need to have something like the Billy Graham rule writ large for how they live their life. I mean, a cake baker actually needs to be aware with each and every person who comes in if they're being targeted. I'm sorry, but that's just the world we live in. So this is utterly uh, believable. Uh, I do hope that they ha- there's some measure of justice in Utah specifically, um, but the fact that they haven't come up with surveillance footage yet sounds frustrating uh, to me. Um, they, I have said it multiple times recently. They hate us. Nobody does hate better than the people who are doing all of these things. The, if, in, unless you realize that, you are really at a disadvantage. You need to arm yourselves, equip yourself to deal with the reality. This isn't a sideshow. Uh, they, people might not go to... all these links to defeat you but they do hate you that much get real about it aaron your instant reaction first word that came to my mind was the first thing todd said it's totally believable and i'm actually surprised that we don't hear more about this but then todd said well you know the cake bakers and the florists we do hear about this it's just not it doesn't look like this all of the time people are if if you are in any position of power whatsoever and you have enemies, one, that means that you actually, as I think uh, Winston Churchill said, that means you actually stood for something at some point in your life. Two, it also means that you're going to be attacked. No matter what, no matter if you're the county sheriff or the pol- chief of police or a state legislator or a senator, you're going to be attacked. So yeah, Todd, Todd is right that you need to have some sort of Billy Graham rule um, but at the same time, um, I, I this stories like this, it wouldn't surprise me. Stories like this probably do happen more more than we think, except we don't hear about them because they don't end up the way this one did. And we don't know how this one's ended up yet, though, by the mm-hmm. way. Okay, but here's why I, I wanted us to do this on Theology Thursday. Me Too, right now, is news. But given given how we handle news in our day and age, 
it is very likely going to become very shortly narrative. Meaning, it will be used as a push for a particular political agenda. And justice for victims will be a means to an end. I don't think that's happened yet. Well, Steve, that sounds harsh. You ever pay? It's what's happened in our history. I mean, it's the civil rights movement. I mean, we've we've gone from we've gone from the news of it's not right to deny opportunities at the University of Alabama or the University of Mississippi to people because they're black when they otherwise academically qualify to even if they're not academically qualified, the narrative now says you have to give them spots at your university because they're black. You see where I'm going with this? Yes. Eventually, given our history with social justice, we are going to, this story will eventually, this hashtag will eventually devolve from a necessary reckoning in the news to a narrative defeating the narrative once you are accused of violating it is exceedingly difficult it wasn't too long ago that if you were labeled a racist for for violating the leftist orthodoxy on economic or socioeconomic policies you were toast toast that's not necessarily the case anymore because They've made so many fake racism claims now that the word almost has no meaning, sadly, really anymore. It's the boy who cried wolf. But let's take a couple of things that we think are facts from this story, because we don't know we're getting the report of the account, but we weren't there. Let's take a couple of these things and say they either didn't happen or could not have happened. Because I, I think it's an, if we need to figure out how do we do what we believe, right? So if we're going to do a whole Theology Thursday podcast last week on holding firm against the narrative and holding firm along with the truth. Well, what's that look like when the two clash? Because the narrative is right now, since we have no documentation that anyone yet who's been clearly accused is clearly, unequivocally, without a doubt, innocent. We have people we think probably, maybe, but unequivocally. I bet your mortgage, my kid's future inheritance, we know this accused person is guilty of nothing. We, we couldn't think of anybody, anybody's name yet. We put on the line for that, right? Right. Okay? So that, therefore, the narrative is, if you're accused, you're what? You're guilty. Or at least guilty until proven innocent. So let's take this exact story that I just shared with you. Let's say there is no surveillance footage. Let's say he's out of state at some legislative policy conference. Or, you know, in Iowa, I don't know about at Utah, but in Iowa, they're part-time legislators, right? Right. In our state legislature. And they, almost all of them have full-time jobs. So let's say he's doing his full-time job when he's not a state senator, and he's, a, he's let's say he's an insurance agent. 
or a real estate developer. Mm-hmm. And he's at a real estate conference in another state. And there's no one to call to say, hey, something's fishy out here. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm I'm not going up my word against hers. I think we all know how that story ends. I want a witness here. There's no one to call. Same story, same version of events, minus a person to call and escort you out to give you some plausible deniability, no surveillance footage. How would he defend himself? Um, in legally in the court of public opinion. Oh, who cares about legally? It's not okay, we're, yeah, we yeah. are talking about yeah. the court of public opinion. Yeah, because the politician they almost never face accountability. Legally, <laughs> it's almost always though in the court of public opinion. <sighs> Um, what God can save you now, Rack, Shack, and Benny? That's that's what you're facing. I'm trying to think of what I would actually do. My my gut reaction would be to, to call burn something okay. down. Call the police. Are right, you call? Understand if you call the police. You and I used to work at newspapers. What do people? At newspapers, in newsrooms, what do they have people do all day and all night long? Police reports. Monitor the police scanner. Not so much anymore. They have no staff to do it. But yeah, in theory, you're right. Okay. Yes. But the minute that happens... Oh, they'd find that one. Oh, they would find that one. And then your story is, I didn't call her. Well, yesterday we had 10 stories about, you know, so-and-so called this escort and -and so-and-so called this prostitute. Uh, And and by the way, I haven't mentioned yet when I said the convention's out of state. I didn't mention it was in Vegas, convention capital of America, where prostitution is legal, by the way. Here's I didn't make this call. I had nothing I do. to do with it. I didn't, I didn't call her. I, didn't, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's what Hugh Freeze said. The old Miss coach had the same story, right? Uh-huh. Right, pal. You're right. And because of the because of the narrative, your life's forfeit at the mere allegation, man. Good luck if your wife, kids stand next to you, your your company. Do you want to consider us from the point she knocks on the door, or are we just assuming that it's the it's gotten out? Because I have a if I had the wherewithal to think of it right when she knocked on the door, what I do. Or do you? Are we just assuming? Yeah. That, what would you do? All right, in that moment, because we're, the Go premise is you're being caught. I get my phone out and I start recording. I just it, this is what she basically like if a cop pulls you over and you want to make sure that there's a record of that. I just start recording. I said, okay, honey, let's walk out. What what's this going to look like? I mean, whatever cam you think you got on me, I'm recording. Why would I do this? We, two That's can a good play plan. Two yeah. can play at this game. Except we, it's a good plan. Yeah, some, some cops got out their tape and started recording too. When a 300-pound all-pro defensive tackle later claimed that he had been racially profiled by them in this exact same city, by mm-hmm. the way, and, and, was, and was brutalized. Mm-hmm. And what did their surveillance equipment record? Right. That he is a total... 
yeah. unadulterated, full-blown liar. Who's still what, being brought what, on. But to, what the narrative, the narrative is doing what, though? He's a social justice hero. The guy who made the false, sure. Michael Bennett, the guy who made the false, he's nominated by his own, his yeah. teammates nominated him for <laughs> NFL Man of the Year by his teammates in Seattle. See where, see, you yeah. see where I'm going with this? I do. You're, yes, at the end of the day. So I, what's standing for the truth? What does it look like? I loved Aaron's answer. It, it, may be, it may be as basic and simple as time for us to find out if we really think those thoughts and prayers make a difference because that's probably the only shot you have, homeboy, is right about that. Divine intervention that literally uses, that, that plans on using you being railroaded to make a statement to the world writ large. Just understand, Job, that journey between those two points sucks. And there's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of suffering between accusation and vindication. All right, so just prepare yourself for that puppy. Okay? But that's that is one possible solution. It's it is it it, it it's vindi- it, it leads to vindication, but it is not a painless one. And you'll still have people to, to, to in the end, well, yeah, I, I don't buy it. Am I exaggerating the circumstances, do you think? No, you're not exaggerating because most people in most things these days don't want the truth. They want the show. This is the this is the uh, Hunger Games or uh, to go a little older uh, to rock it old school. This is what the, the Running Man. Remember that the Schwarzenegger yeah. game show? I mean, that's that was the the last gasp of the late great Richard Daw- Richard yes, Dawson. Yes, yes, that's that's where we're at. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, I, but I you know I've been here before. I've dealt with that personally when I you know when I got uh, arrested. I've alluded to that before. Uh, you know, I I just ultimately had to. Uh, do whatever. I had to trust that the truth was good enough. I had to put it in God's hands. I had to, I had to trust that that the, their story was such a Rube Goldberg machine of lies that it would fall apart. Um, you know, here also, yeah, I don't know. You, you, you subpoena the. You're confident. You subpoena. You know, you didn't call them. You subpoena. Hey, listen. For decreasing these people, oh God, we need to know who hired this person. If it's not him. Um, yeah, it's getting increasingly hard to be, just because the show is all that matters, not the truth. But if we believe in truth, we have to give it a chance, don't we? Well, you, yeah. But how do you give it a fighting chance? How do you give it well, a fighting chance? Here, I did it. Listen, I've done this. I've done. That's it. why I'm asking you. Be a real person. Don't have a damn script. Talk when I—I I mean, I knew what the truth was that happened, and that the, when I appealed after the I was found innocent, and then I appealed and fought against the police department. Uh, it, it turned out to be a uh, he said he said in terms of w- whether or not I was assaulted or not. But at the end, at the end, the police officer who brought me in called me in and said we've done our search, unfo- our we've conducted our investigation. It's a he said he said we can't act on it. He said, but I'll tell you this between you and me. He said, your version of events has been exactly the same in testimony after testimony after testimony. And um, we don't find you unbelievable. Because I was a real person. I mean, I fought like hell, but I didn't have my talking points. But the truth spoke out because I let it free. Um, you, too many people, they're so, they start managing this. 
And it's not, which is not to say just be cavalier and shoot from they're, the They're hip. behaving as if the truth really isn't on their side. Right. Or that, or that they're just not comfortable doing what it takes to defend the truth. Let the lion out. Oh, I don't like lions. Lions are scary. They're, they're scared of being... I like to be the guy who wakes up in the morning and puts in my brill cream and puts on my suit and I look like a politician or I look like the guy who goes to church. No, be the real deal. That looks like the guy um, eating locusts and wild honey out in the desert, all right, and wearing camel's hair. That's what it looks like sometimes. You, you, you've got to be the person that is like, man, that guy, he's believable. He's just flat out believable. There's no, there's no talking points. There's no shilling. That guy is just, he, he will lay down. Be the one who's clear. You will lay down in traffic for this. You're going to have to kill me before. They offered me so many pleas to back out because they knew it was a scam. And they saw that, oh, he's not, he's just not a sissy. He's not going to go away. And I said, no, 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 we're going to fight. And I won. You, but you, you got to let the truth sing. And the truth sings because of people doing the singing. Um, it, it, there's all kinds of people who have had the truth out of side that have still got railroaded. Some, no matter what they did, sadly, and that's where you're going with this whole thing, it does happen. Uh, but if you, if you aren't willing as the one accused to fight for it harder than anybody else, why, can you, why, why should you have any right to expect that somebody else is going to do it for you? Stop, don't, don't just manage. You've got to be a prize fighter in this day and age more than ever when it comes to the truth. At all times and in all places, you never get to put that away. What do you think, Aaron? I don't know if I could say add anything uh, to that at all, but I, I, I think Todd is absolutely on the right track. Um, if, if you have nothing to worry about, then you have nothing to worry about. If you didn't do anything, if this guy's, if the state senator's or state legislator's account of uh, this, these happenings are, are true, and he knows this th- to be true, at the end of the day, uh, you don't have anything to worry about eternally. Now, as it pertains to actual justice in the court of public opinion, yeah, you may, you, you, you may, you may lose everything, but at the end of the day, um, that's uh, we we have to stop stop thinking in terms of this temporal world. What that that this is every because this is not everything. The that your actions and your words um, and your words especially are um, are eternal. And your heart, um, and and your integrity; those are the things that really matter. Not what people think about you right now, even if you're falsely accused. I think we have to get out of the mindset now, and then fighting for justice, as Todd said, that is the other part of it. But acting as if this is everything—that's that's going to do more damage to your soul than being falsely accused ever would. You've got to be comfortable in this life with people not liking you. The Lord himself said, they did this to me. What, what, do you think they're not going to do this to you? Mm. But we, we, we have scammed ourselves into thinking uh, that's not the case. If, but if we have a life that is genuinely spirit-filled, we will have eyes to hear and uh, eyes to see and ears to hear uh, 
the grace that is coming in our lives. I mean, I found remarkable comfort. <laughs> this was a beautiful irony in my story. One of the reasons that the, uh, the, the uh, prosecutor would not drop it, he was not, he, he was in charge, the, 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 what was, uh, Sarcone. You remember mm-hmm. him. John Sarkozy. Uh, he was not, yeah. he had one of his guys uh, trying the case for him. But one of the reasons he would not let it go, and he, he's a uh, Republican, but, and yeah, he, he didn't know me from Adam in terms of my politics, but he wouldn't let it go because of how much he hated the register. And I fell into that because they're just all, he felt they were all out to get him. And they are, a lot of them were. So I got drawn into that. I found comfort. Similar to on my everyday and social media, anytime Trump does something I agree with. Yes, yes. It means I'm a Trump shill that's never criticized him. And I've just looked the other way on all of these other things. Is that that sort of binary choice idolatry? But instead of just feeling trapped by that or sad by it, I found great amusement and satisfaction in that. I, 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 I fought my entire career not to become them and yeah i got cast in with them but that 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 was just that was a wink and a nod from god you telling you know just look at this whole thing is a farce i gotcha i I, and i i wrote him all the way at the end there was one moment where right at the end i was all done i was waiting for my trial uh, the, the verdict to come out i was at home and all there was to do is wait now and i got that's the most scared i ever got like what there was nothing to fight anymore. When I'm fighting, I'm that's fine. The, that's the moment that you realize I've done everything yes. I can possibly do. Yeah. And when you're in the middle of fighting, since you know you're right, you get confidence from that. Oh, yes. But once you've stated the fullness of your case now yeah. and you recognize there's nothing more I can do, that's when stuff gets real at that right. point, right? And so people may come back and say, yeah, we still don't care. But that's where you do you, okay, do you give it all to God? Or not. In that moment, I, I swear on my life is one of the moments where I have felt physically God's just grabbing me by the shoulder and say, "Be not afraid." I, I, I was. I asked God, "Don't let me punk God now." I've trusted you up until this point. I, I, it's all in your hands now. My, I, my family, all of it, my career. I, I give it to you. You do with it what you will. Like that, the fear was gone. Gone. But I was fighting at that moment, too. I didn't just sit there and wallow in fear. I gave it over. So this is such a fraudder conversation than the specifics of this particular story. And and that's why you put it there. It's so wonderful to have. Be a warrior for Christ in all things and at all times. Be not afraid. It could also be why people... Because, you know, we've seen pure sociopaths spout and argue lies and uh, falsehoods and fake news with great conviction and because you're right conviction does convince people so you know great tyrants in history are usually rise to power because Mm of their their sociopaths that can put off that great conviction so we can't automatically assume either that because someone has great conviction it means they're telling the truth correct a lot of times it does that conviction comes from telling the truth, but there's exceptions to that. Similarly, we can't always assume that because someone's initial attempt to defend themselves against a false allegation is clumsy Correct. means they're automatically guilty. If, if you're accused of something that you can't even imagine having ever done, 
if you're not great as a public speaker, great in the public eye, or you haven't really gotten, you don't have that conviction yet because you haven't really gotten prayed up. You're kind of doing this in your own, you know, your own flesh and your own power. And um, th- that's where, you know, if Moses just walks in and talks to his old, you know, former extended family member, Pharaoh, says, hey, let my people go. It's going to sound a lot different than when the spirit of the Lord is upon him and he walks in there with the, with the, with the, the armies of heavenly host backing him up. Then you can stand. It's easy to sit there and look at the most powerful man in the world and say, let my yes. people go. When you're just walking in and talking to your old schoolyard pal Ramses, you're kind of like, yeah, I, I think we're kind of being treated unfairly here. You know what I'm trying yeah, to I mean, yeah. so I think this takes a lot of discernment. And I think the discernment, we need to be discerning in how um, how we handle accusations. And then I think we need to be discerning in how we analyze and receive people's defenses. I'll give you a great example. Um, then the Michigan State athletic scandal. Yes. Okay. So... Mark D'Antonio, the football coach, comes out right right away after the ESPN Outside the Lines report, how explosive it was. And he is adamant. Adamant. He's, he has the conviction you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And right away, people are like, wow, man, I mean, he's pretty adamant. I, I, I would tend to go on the side of his, his conviction. Except when you go back and you read, a st- look at what he actually said. He doesn't deny that there were, that there were 16 sexual assaults within his football program in 10 years, which is an obscene number. Okay, he doesn't deny that. What he denies is that he handled it individually like what Art Bryles was doing at Baylor. Mm -hmm. Now, in the moment when you have the emotion of his adamant denial, you don't pick up on that distinction. Like a week or so later, now people are talking about it. Well, you don't know how to think about it. He didn't, all he really denied was one part of the Outside the Lines report. He doesn't, didn't deny that his program has had lots of problems with mm-hmm. sexual misconduct within it. But the emotion of his conviction at that moment. I did this exercise several years ago in the church we attended at the time. As I, as I had a bunch of the elders that I, I was giving, I was doing a Sunday night class and a lot of our elders were in this class. And I had them, I put them in a small room over the computer and I had them watch 10 minutes of a Rob Bell presentation. He's a known heretic, okay? And I just watched them from the back of the little room. And I watched, you know, as Rob was speaking, the emotion of how he was saying it I saw heads nodding. Now, these were elders at a church where I'm, I mean, I was 35 years old when we joined this church at the time. I was one of the young people in this church, okay? You know, I'd say the median age in that room was 55 to 60. So these aren't newbies. They're not neophytes. These are seasoned saints. And as Rob Bell is speaking in forked tongue, the emotion and conviction by which he is communicating, they're nodding their heads. I can see that they're like, yeah. Afterwards, he got done. I had him take a break. I have him come back in 10 minutes after our break. And I begin to read the transcript of what Rob Bell had actually just said. And I'm looking up at, and I'm looking up to see the looks on their faces and, I'm, and they have a totally different look on their face. They're, and people are like, guys are like looking at each other like, I don't remember, did he say that? I remember him saying that. But the emotion of his conviction at that mm-hmm. moment 
got their attention Mm -hmm. and got their assent. When I removed the emotion of his conviction and I just read his actual words, they're like, oh, hell no. Uh, No, that's the serpent. Get thee behind me, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. So I think you're right. Conviction helps. But I don't think we can solely rely on that, though, either. Oh, no. My my point was if you have the truth on your side, you have to let it sing, which is not to say that conviction can't be I mean, abused. The, let's but just you, be, you know what, since we're being brutally honest, let's be brutally honest. Roy Moore on the Hannity show, right after the accusations came out, Aaron, on a scale of 1 to 10, how bad was that? Negative integers. Yeah, it was a 47. Bad. Really bad. Looked clumsy, unsure of himself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now Roy Moore's Roy Moore's resolve, where the yearbook signature came along. How good did that look? And we even got to the no. we got to two days before the election, and the and and the woman who presented it even admitted publicly, I didn't tell you the truth about this. I really didn't fully disclose things. But it was. But the damage had been done yeah. because of the initial. Because of the initial clumsy, you know, airing of his defense, that even after Allred and the and the accuser admitted they were not fully honest about the nature of their most damning piece of evidence presented against Roy Moore, he couldn't overcome his the initial well the initial fallout and in the initial yeah. clumsy way in which he handled his defense. But you, see, we talked about this. I can't remember what was on air and off air, but with him again, he he did Hannity, and then he is gone. Other than his private, uh, uh, you know, paid for uh, uh, publicity uh, things or political events, he wouldn't take questions. He wasn't appearing in public. He looked like a man who was hiding the whole time. If you're really innocent, it. it you got to go out there. Oh, this is the war that's being fought, and you and you and so you got to. So you fight think it. it's consistent conviction and a willingness to hold your conviction up to scrutiny, right? Yes. Because the sociopath will be will be found out. There's a reason why sociopaths, once they reel you in with their conviction, they then become tyrants and don't tolerate dissent because dissension scrutiny will do what? It will it will unveil the scam. You'll you'll tear off the mask. You'll realize uh, this is uh, this is not what I thought I was getting. You're not who I thought you were, right? Right. So the willingness to put yourself out in front and to say fire away. That's really the conviction you're looking for. Yeah. More so than can I memorize my? Do I have my story down? Oh, and can that's I, what can I said I, from the beginning. Can I yeah. perform it? No, no script, no acting. But can no. I do it when? Can I do it though off the cuff when I'm when you're going to get to challenge me after I'm done with my yeah. elevator pitch, right? Yeah, because I believe in the truth more than I believe in your truth. And go, and going back to what you said with Rob Bell and the church, we're talking about which side is true in a criminal and which side is false in a criminal context. Mm-hmm. So I, I use the term. Um, uh, loosely, but here, listen. The yes, Rob Bell is committing heretical cr- crime in there. Um, but listen, the, the, the people in the church that kept nodding their head—they weren't victims. They were committing a heretical crime too. Not 
and heck, this happens with, you know in the Catholic Church all the time. You know, Catholics for for choice and all the. I mean, the way uh, we sit there and we nod instead of standing up and get behind me, Satan. You are excommunicated. You know, we 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 are committing a crime by doing that because of how passively, on a regular basis, we fight or don't fight for the truth. And so we're get, we come into that moment and we are not prepared. We do not have the armor of God on. We're not victims. We've committed a crime under God by doing that. We are not prepared. Final thoughts. Aaron. Uh, just reiterating, um, remember who we're fl- fighting here. Battle not against flesh and blood, but of principalities and powers. Mm-hmm. That's that's where the real battle is, and as long as you re- remember that, and remember who your commander is, not yourself, uh, you'll be okay. It's not going to be easy. Uh, being okay doesn't necessarily mean things are going to go swimmingly, or maybe you'll even be vindicated at the end of the day, or by this world's definition of okay. But that's we're we're, we're not about. We're, we're not of this world. We're not citizens of this world. Well, again, as we often like to say, we are not always trying to win an argument on this show as much as we're trying to start one. So hopefully the, the conversation we've had about truth versus narrative, last week it was, it was really from a philosophical standpoint, this week much more from a practical one. Hopefully when you put these two Theology Thursdays together, we've at least started an argument with those of you listening. It's caused you to consider um, where we truly are as a culture, where we're heading, and justice is defending the falsely accused as it is defending those who have been truly wronged. And human cultures, regardless of their religious persuasion or lack thereof, historically have a very poor track record in balancing that moral seesaw. And we're going to face it, I think, given the history of how we typically take these social justice movements from necessary reckonings to attack societal ills to uh, partisan political uh, sledgehammers, we're going to probably have to figure out how to reconcile those two things very shortly where hashtag MeToo is concerned. Thank you for listening today to the podcast. Don't forget to watch us on CRTV. Promo code DACE is how you can get a subscription to CRTV. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Until tomorrow, John 317. Steve Dace. I like it, you.